Welcome to Business and Money Mentors. Together, Mia, your business mentor, and Bonnie, Miss Money Boss, guide you on the need to knows to grow and manage your business successfully. Hello, and welcome to our show. Hey, Bonnie, come on on the line. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Mia? I'm great. So every week, Bonnie and I come to you with Business Matters. And yes, it does matter. And this week, our show is business. Is it really a four-hour work week? Because a lot of entrepreneurs are like, there is a book. I've read it. And I know that I can run my business on four hours a week. So we are going to discuss that today. And um, what else is in the news? On <laughs> well, I mean, we're going to really talk about is that really a reality for most businesses? Because not only that, most, you know, like I own a few businesses. So does that mean that I have 12 hours a week because I've got three businesses? I mean, I don't know. How does that really work out? You know what I mean? But <laughs> it's because it's funny, like I have people always, you know, talk about this four hour work week. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so. I've had my own career, okay, like a real career for 26 years. And I did work for myself for a couple of years before that, but I didn't consider it part of my career. And I'm going to honestly be honest with you. In all of my 26 years, I have never been able to function on a four-hour work week for business with all of my clients being taken care of and everybody's happy. So <laughs> let's t- get into the juice of what it really takes to, you know, start a business, run it, and grow it, and when that possibility, if it's going to happen, of the four-hour work week occurs, when that could possibly be the case. Yes, and I've run and opened and run several businesses, and none of them have been on a four-hour work week. Dang it. (laughs) Dang it, dang it, dang it. (laughs) What are we doing wrong here, Mia? (laughs) Exactly, well... Well, also, when you think about it, there's those stores that are open for 10 hours, 8 hours, 12 hours. That's not a four-hour work week. (laughs) Right. So if anybody's working, well, but that's, okay, but so if you're working at a job, we're not talking about working at a job, but if you own a business that's open that hour and you're the sole owner of the business and nobody's working for you, there's no way in heck that you're going to ever have a four-hour work week, right? Right, right. And and if you do have your team in play, like we're going to talk about, you still will be working more hours because, dang it, there's money to be made there. You, As Bonnie always talks about, you got to watch your money. So what does that mean? You have to watch the employees. You have to watch the till somewhat. You have to watch the counting Mm -hmm. of the money. Maybe not, not watching them each night, but you know what you come in at. You know what your sales are because it tells you on the register receipt at the end of the day how much you've made. So you really do have to spend a little bit more time than just the four hours because if you if you gave it everything away without looking, then you'd be having big issues like 
Bonnie on her embezzlement side of her business where she works on cases that are people have been embezzling because she has to track all the funds and do the forensic work. So obviously there's there has to be attention, which we keep talking about, attention and energy, good energy into our businesses to keep them growing. So and and attention about- to the details. This is really important. Yes. It's paying attention to the details in our business, not only the overall picture, because the difference is in the details. Right. Very good. Yes. And paying attention to the details, you probably won't have embezzlement, and you'll probably know where your money's going and how to save more and how to increase. It's also really, really fun to, um, to enjoy your work. It really is very fun. Exactly. So, exactly. Why don't you talk a teeny bit more about the um, the four hour work week? Yes, the book is on how to be a better boss type of thing, but mm-hmm. you know by delegating and things like that. But talk mm-hmm. a little bit about it because now people are very interested in it, hearing you know if they've never heard it before. And then let's move into what we believe a work week would a successful work week looks like, and things that some people don't even realize that they're not doing that they perhaps need to do, and so this is where we can support you in that. Exactly, exactly. Well, first of all, you know, let's talk about, you know, you invest a certain amount of money in your business. So remember, when you're investing that money in your business, if you're a service business, you know, you're going to be investing money in yourself first, and then you're going to be investing money in getting yourself kind of out there so that people find out about who you are. And in this process, you may delegate some of those things, but a lot of those things are going to be all about you. Like, for instance, if you have a website and you're going to be in the process, involved in the process of building your website, how are you going to have a four-hour work week? You know, I mean, like, really. Or if you're involved in the process of working with your marketing team, how do you expect to do all of that Plus, you know, manage the back end of your business, make sure that everything is over, being overseen in four hours. It's almost impossible from what I've seen, and especially for anybody that has multiple businesses, unless you have other people doing the oversight. So here's the thing. The more layers of people you have between you and your business, the more room there is for error. That's number one. But the more, the better the odds that you're going to ha- be working less amount of time because the further away that you are from your product or service, the, more, the less that it really needs you. So if you build a huge team beneath you and you have people that are managing and running those teams and they're doing that well, you know, you could be a business owner and have a CEO in your business, a CFO, a COO, and basically you're just kind of like the figurehead. Those are the people that have the four-hour work weeks. But honestly, they don't. You know why? Because those are the people that own multiple businesses, and they're constantly investing in multiple businesses. And they are looking at their investments in all of their businesses, not just one. So, if you know, those people may appear to have a four-hour work week, but in essence, they don't really have a four-hour work week. Right. And I'm glad that you broke that down because um, it is really interesting. I remember when the book came out, how many entrepreneurs were like, I'm going to have a four-hour work week, you know? And, yeah, right. And what, 
<laughs> and one of my business coaches years ago, she's like, you know, so you really can't, her whole thing was kind of like that. You really can have a life, you know, you know, where you're hardly working and you're building your business and you're traveling. Well, you can do that. But the part about hardly working isn't really um, something that seems to work well, you know, because we do have to, especially in the, in the beginning stages, we have to give it and nurture it, love, I'll call it, just as we would a child, an animal, anything that's growing, plants, gardening, whatever you like to watch grow, that's the way your business is going to have to grow. It's, you create the foundation for it, you sprinkle the sunshine and water, and watch it grow. Well, and, you know, here's something so interesting, Mia. So I've been watching this show called Trust, which is all about the J. Paul Getty family. And mm-hmm. as you know, he was an amazing businessman. I don't know if he was, like, one of, like, the top 12 or something like that, richest people in the entire world. Yes. And yeah. so, and his take was that everything's about business, which I'm kind of like that, too. Like, mm-hmm. I, the way that I look at my life is that all the things in my life are areas in business that I'm in because those things are what are important to me. So, and he was pretty much the same way. And basically when, you know, just in watching the show and stuff, even though he had all these people working for him, he was still working regularly overseeing everything, managing everything, being in charge of everything, negotiating all the deals. So, Mm -hmm. you know what? And even deal negotiation, if you think about deal negotiation, buying and selling businesses doesn't happen in a day usually. You know, there's back and forth. You're dealing with attorneys, back and forth, questions, answers. You know, the truth is four hours, no way. Uh Uh-uh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, think about the things you need to do, right? Okay, we'll start with creation, okay, because that's a biggie. And there's so many things that we create in our business. And even if we have a virtual assistant or assistants, some of these things we have to do ourselves. Like I'm going to give you an example. So I have a VA and Mia has a VA. But, and, and I have, one of the things that I do is I have my VA create memes. But and, the thing let's is, tell them, let's remind them again, honey, a VA is a virtual assistant. A virtual assistant. Sorry, a VA is a virtual assistant. And one of the things I have them do is create memes, which are pictures that have wording on them. So, but the thing is, she doesn't know the wording to put on the memes. So I have to send her, you know, lists of things that I want her to plant on the memes. Well, I have to create that list, which takes a little time. I have to think about things. You know, what, what kind of messages do I want to show up? You know, what kind of information am I giving out to people? You know, who do I want to attract and what do they need to know? So I have to think about these things. It's not just something that, you know, comes flowing out because, you know, I decide that I'm ready to start, you know, having meme creation. So I have to sit down and think about that. That could take me an hour or two just alone, just thinking about that. And that might be, you know, enough for two weeks. You know, that's not going to be for like till the end of time. So Mm -hmm. the truth is, is like, we don't even realize when you're in creation mode, you can't rush the process of creation. Right, Mia? That's right. It's inspiration, yes. And that's what propels us forward on building and, and bringing something different 
then the next person has to offer. That's where the creation space comes in. Yeah. Exactly. And the thing is, is that we don't even know. Sometimes, like, we think something's going to take a short period of time to create, and then it ends up being, like, the never-ending creation. I kind of feel like our website is like that right now, you know? Sometimes that happens. Quietly, I was going to say, you and I have something going on like that right now. (laughs) Hey, I'm bringing it to the surface. We are are upfront and real. Our website's taken forever to build. That's the truth, okay? Now, that's being straightforward and honest. Mm -hmm. And And this is the one that we have together. And the bones are there. But we just can't seem to get. Now, see, you can have a, a myriad of people working for you. So you can have people that are in your office. You can have people like we do. We have a lot of virtual assistants for many different fields that we need graphic designers, um, uh, social media people, uh, our admin is also website people. All of this are virtual for us. Or you can have your in house people that are there with you, that are the pros. But remember, it depends on what size your business is to begin with. Most of us do not start off with a multi-million dollar company with the assets to also pay hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in salary a year. So that's, that's why, true. you know, it's really important. So, so those who are already expanded, like people looking at business are like, well, this is a lot of work. Well, yeah, you have to really understand what you want out of life. And I love how you brought up in that show Trust about the Gettys and how you also create your life on a business platform. I do mm-hmm. the same, and I recommend that to people on, on the other business that I own, on the love work that I do, to mm-hmm. recreate their life as a business. Because you got it right there, Bonnie, when you said, it's a structure that works. So if you yep. take what, you can interact them. So Bonnie and I, we both have these a few businesses, and our life isn't just our business, but it, it integrates in and out. We socialize with people that are other colleagues. We socialize with, um, you know, friends, all, and we're always talking about business. People always want to know what we're up to. We want to know what other people are up to. So really, you can integrate your business life with your personal life. And this is what I recommend for any young entrepreneur, get excited about what it's like to be a business person and restructure your life in that form. You know, there is a saying, early to bed, early to rise, and that the early bird gets a worm. worm. Do you know why it's not just about stocks and, you know, about the stock market? It literally is, for most people, the way in which they can start work before the rest of the world and start their day. So, Look at others. Get books. You know, we've talked about Think and Grow Rich. Um, what other book would you suggest they get? For, um, what do you mean for, as for far as a business book? Lear- yeah, for learning how to uh, create a business, but also they talk about self-growth things in there that elevate who we are as a person. So you can actually move both of the business structure, which is structure, we do need structure in our lives if, if we mm-hmm. want to be successful, into mm-hmm. our personal life. So the point is, is if you want to be a beach bum, that's fabulous. That's awesome. And some of you can actually come up with great ideas to make millions on the beach off of your laptop. And we so honor that and love that. But that's not the majority of how businesses are run. 
So if you really want to have a business and have it structured right, remember your life is a reflection of your business life. That's very important for people to, to understand if you haven't gotten to that place yet. Exactly. You understand that. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, things? you know, you see, the thing is, when you're somebody who's really excited about your business, like when you really are in love with your business, it's a natural progression of things that you talk about. It's just kind of like, and it may not be in the context of, oh, this is what I'm doing in business or da-da-da, but there will be conversations where some of the knowledge that you have because of the type of business you're in will actually show up in the conversation. Okay. And so they, you know, in having discussions, they can see that you're an expert just by having conversations with you. So I think that it's, you know, like, I'll give you an example, okay? So I like to go to this raw food restaurant called Sage. And a lot of times, you know, I'll sit at the bar, and it's not a pickup joint. It's not that type of place. But, you know, I'll end up talking to people that are sitting next to me. Even if I'm with somebody, I'll end up talking to people sitting around me because these are what I would probably think of as somewhat like-minded people because they're eating at a type of restaurant, the type of food that I eat. So we're going to have the food thing in common. And so I have a body reset program that's all about anti-inflammatory eating. So one time when I was at the restaurant, I was talking to this guy and we were talking about inflammation. And he was like, wow, you're like a wealth of knowledge. You know, what do you do? And I said, well, you know, I have a program that is all about how to, you know, get rid of chronic inflammation. So that's why I know so much. And so it's not like I said to him, oh, what do you do for a living? And he said to me, oh, what do you do for a living? It came out because of the conversation that we had. So it was like a natural flow. It wasn't like me trying to, like, push what I do on him, you know. Because sometimes, I mean, I have to tell you, Mia, sometimes like the whole, oh, what do you do for a living? It's like it really gets old. And I don't even like to tell people what I do for a living when that's how they ask me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because as you were talking, well, one, that was not a paid (laughs) advertisement for Sage. No, it was not. (laughs) That's so funny. That's so funny. Um, it, it is interesting because if we live in love, like you said, passionately, who we are and our work, it obviously reflects. You know, we're we're both holistic people and we're both, you know, spiritual people. And it obviously shows simply because of where we shop, where we eat, our friends, the, you know, the cars we buy. And I say that simply because we're aware of gas, fumes. All this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we drive hybrids, but I'm just saying we are more aware of all the little, you know, of all the little nuances. And so it's really exciting to combine your life and your business life. You know, it is you exactly. are one, so you don't have to break it off into two separate separate areas. Exactly. You know, and then here's the thing. So the most um, ignored part of a business is the back end. It's the financial part. It's the part, the money part, like money coming in, money going out, where is it being spent, who's reconciling, who's doing this. And if you are somebody who is successful in business, this is the, and you're not physically running your business, okay? So you're not physically at your business or running it. The back end is what's going to give you the information that you need to know if there are changes that need to be made. 
So, but looking at the back end isn't just reading, you know, a, a quick report. It's literally looking at the details of what's going on in the finances. So, yes, you're going to look at your profit and loss and balance sheet, right? But you're going to also look at, you know, the details of what's in the profit and loss. So, like, for exactly. instance, all of your income, what kind of things did I sell that month? How much, what were my most profitable things? What were my least profitable things? Which things did well and which things didn't do well? You know, so you're looking at the details, and when you're looking at the details, that's not like a two-second thing either. So all right. of these things that we do, you know, for our business take time. And, right. you know, a lot of times what I do, what I've started doing now is, offering with each of my clients to interface with them once a month, going through their reporting with them. And the reason that I did that is because yesterday I really had got an email from a client that said, you know, we could use some more of your help. Originally they kind of wanted me to cut down on the time I was working on their stuff, so I was basically just doing straight bookkeeping. And then the husband said, you know what, we need some more of your help Um I'd like to talk to you about how we could work together more closely. And literally, as soon as he told me where his challenge was, I was like, you know, this is what I wanted to do with you, but your wife kind of cut this off because she felt like it was too costly. And he said, oh, no, this is the valuable stuff. This is the stuff I need to know because I'm in my business running it every day, but not understanding why it's not being profitable. So I said, well, then that's, where we need to focus. So that's what we're going to do. And so every month now, I'm going to go through things with him, and he's going to understand what's going on in his business and where he needs to make shifts if he's not making as much money as he wants to make. That's right. And then when you're through with that part, I want to add in, because see, I see things slightly different because I'm looking at it from the business side, you're looking at it from the money side. So what Bonnie did say is true. We have all these things that we have to examine. We have to examine what our assistants are doing all the time. Are they bringing back the work to us? Is it quality? Is it still exactly what we asked for? What changes have to be made? And as Bonnie said, the billing. We have our, our you know, monthly billing to our clients. You know, what's up, what's down? We have to write emails. That's a really p- important part. We will get into that in the marketing aspect, but email correspondence is a connective part and it's very important, especially if you have a service that um, is not in a, in a store and is not a product line. So coaches, um, trainers, anything like that, you need to have that consistency. So you need to inspire your clients to want to purchase your items. So that's why emails are so important and, and on the back end as well considered. Um, marketing as well. You have to have your marketing in place. All of this stuff, see, I consider the front end greeting people. That's the front end. That's all they see. The rest is the middle and the back end. And nobody sees that but us. And so as you're working your business, understand, they see your face or your employee's face and your, say, say it's a pet store. You know, they see all the items that you have there. That's fabulous. That's what they're supposed to see. They don't look into your books and they don't see who didn't show up to work or who didn't create this or why the webmaster didn't put up that thing for sale on the website. So these are all the things that the business owner has to keep up on or the project manager. And if you're really big and you have project managers for different sections of your business, then you really want to be on top of your project managers. And that's fine. And that does narrow your 
uh, work week down, but I wouldn't say quite to a four-hour work week because you still want to have your hands all over touching your work. Remember, energy is so important. If you don't have um, your hands in the pie, so to speak, it's going to be felt by your consumers, by your clients, people that are coming in. They can tell when an owner is disconnected from the business because something gives off, whether something was forgotten or something was left off or something, they can generally feel it. So it is important to be in touch with your business. Right. Well, not only that, you know, it, depending on the type of business you have, so like let's just say if you have a service business, a lot of times the people want to get to know you. Like, I don't know, if, if you're a coach, okay, well, they're going to want to get to know you as the coach, not your assistant, not your VA, not anybody else mm-hmm. but you, because if you're going to be coaching them, then you're going to be working with them, right? Okay. If you're going to be coaching them, you know, maybe you're going to be coaching them every week for an hour. I don't know if they're a private client. I don't know how often you're going to be coaching them. But, you know, if that's the case and you have more, if you have four clients, right, and you coach each of them an hour a week, and these are your private clients and you do nothing else, Aside from the four hours of coaching, you still have to have your marketing and all your stuff out there, but you're still spending your four hours just on talking to your clients. So that's why I say, how are you going to really have a four-hour work week? Because people want you. A lot of times this happens in restaurants, too. You know, the restaurant owner, when the restaurant owner is there, the restaurant ends up being busier than when the restaurant owner is not there because they're looking to the person with the knowledge, the person that they think you know, has the information. Mm-hmm. They want they want to meet you. They don't want to meet, you know, all the other people. You know, they just well, want to know, know that you're there running things, making sure everything's okay. When I worked in a deli, that's how it was. People would ask for art. It was called Arts mm-hmm. Deli, and they all wanted to meet <laughs> Yay, art. Yay, arts. I grew up there. <laughs> <laughs> Shout so out to arts. <laughs> Roberta will love me for this. <laughs> no, but seriously, you know, like arts is a famous deli in the Valley um, in California and Los Angeles. And um, I worked there for, you know, a couple years while I was in high school, and everybody wanted to meet the owner. It was just, mm-hmm. it was just every time it that was just what happened. That's the way it was. Well, you know, people want love. We love to spend our money, right, on something that feels good. And right. we go back to the idea of community. We are a community source. Humans are community. They're connected people. And so if you think about going to that special for ladies, going to that special store to buy your um, cosmetics or gentlemen, going to the special store where you feel really like you're the king as you're trying on your clothes and they're helping you or you're getting your suit altered. These are things that are important. You're connecting with somebody. It feels good. So or they're shaving you, you. Oh, my God, for a man, yeah. the shave. You exactly. know, that would be amazing. Right. a cool thing, too. So you can imagine how um, if, uh, if you feel that, others would want to feel that about you and your business as well. So... So be open, be the be the face you want to be. You know, that's part of right. being a business person. You recreate yourself. I'm not saying in a lie. I'm saying you do the inner work to make you strong so that because Bonnie and I both run into a lot of people. We're both introverts, but 
and I'm more extroverted than she is, but um, as an introvert, but we run into people where they just can't get out of their own way to save their life. And what that is, I was the same way. It really is just about your self-growth work, guys. You know, you're, you're scared or shy or, or feel that you don't have the confidence, then you work on that. There's ways to grow that. And that's what's really important. If you want to be the figurehead or you want to own a company, be the figurehead of your business. People want to connect with you more that way. Absolutely. Even if you're not, even if you're not a coach, you know, I mean, seriously, like you said, Arts Deli, you know, or the owner of a pet store or, you know, or your favorite clothing store. If you see the owner running around with new things, you're, you're, you know, for women, it just elates us. We're just so excited. We have to see what, you know, what they have, you know, so it really is about connecting to your, um, just connecting to humanity. I don't want to even say your clients because it's even beyond that. You know, it's right. about restructuring who you are. So the back end is very, very important. And to put yourself in the front end on appearances and stuff. You know, it was interesting. Bonnie was talking about, you know, in the coaching that she would be hiring the coach, not the assistant coach. And I've thought that for years. I have an assistant coach that works on Love Mastery with me. And I've never yet set her loose alone without me just there to support mm. simply because I know that, that, you know, first of all, love mastery was a creation of, 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 uh, works that I put together. So even though she studied it for years and she's really fabulous at it, there's no one better to answer some of the deep, hard questions than me. Right. Because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. So yep. same with, same with this business, you know, I mean, yes, we can put you with another business coach, but, um, if you're working with me, then why not work with me kind of thing? So it's, it's the same, it's the same philosophy. So, right. Well, yeah. not only that, I mean, you're usually hiring a coach because you've had, because somebody, you know, has had an experience with them or you may have had an experience with them, you know, because a lot of the coaches will do like live events. And so you can go to like two or three days of being in the energy of that coach and what that person's like and, you know, end up hiring them. I know that I have hired, I hired my most expensive coach that way. I spent three Mm -hmm. days with him at an event that was very intensive and that event changed my life. And I ended up working with him, paying a lot more money than I would have ever thought that I would have paid. Um, You know, for the first time in my life, I committed to like a, what I thought was a lot of money. So, you know, I think that, you know, if you're going to do that and you're going to put in your commitment, you really kind of want to work with the energy of the person that fits with you. If he, if I would have found out that I would have been working only with his sub coaches and that I wasn't going to get any of him, I would have dropped out immediately. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that Mm -hmm. right now. And he actually did have sub coaches and I never had interaction with the sub coaches because I didn't care for the sub coaches. So mm-hmm. I did not deal with the sub coaches at all. And so most everything that I learned in that I learned from him. And then mm-hmm. he also had some other coaches that were not sub coaches of his that were masters in their field and I learned a lot from them too. So mm-hmm. you know to me that was really valuable, but it was because I got it from the people that were the creators of it. Not right from their underlings, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. And so this takes us back quickly to email correspondence, how vital and important it is. Bonnie went to a three-day event. 
how many of you are going to go to a three-day event off a whim? Probably not very many. So make your emails powerful. Put in videos so that they can see you interacting either in conversations that you're recording for your email list so that they know what it's like to work with you or they can have that experience. People generally buy me, Mia, for the love work off of my emails, off of my videos, off of my YouTube channel. Not, I haven't done a webinar in um, two years. We're having our, our uh, first one this week. And um, so, you know, I'm saying that it is important just showing you that email correspondence is vital. That's where your potential clients come from, especially in the online industry, because they are following your work for a reason. They want to know what's up. They want to know how they can connect. You know, it's all about their growth. It's not about you. It's about what your services can be transformational for them, whether it's business, whether it's love, whether it's accounting, whether it's how to make the best dress you've ever wanted. You know, I'm pulling stuff out of my hat here, but um, you, you can get the idea. Exactly, exactly. You know, and then let's think about brainstorming, Mia. You know, like this is something that nobody really kind of talks about that much. You know, mm-hmm. but brainstorming can take hours and days and weeks and months to come up with the most fabulous, minute idea that is that one thing that really kind of takes things over the edge, it can. It Mm -hmm. really, really can. Because, you know, because it's coming from the deepest part of you. And not only that, usually when you brainstorm, you're not doing it alone. You're usually doing it with other people. So you are, the idea behind brainstorming is to not have any, negative, like nothing is a no. While you're mm-hmm. brainstorming, everything just flows. Like you don't negate anything. You just take every idea and write it down, on and on and on. And this could go on for hours, days, weeks, months, until you get to that one piece of gold, that one chunk of nugget. So mm-hmm. if you think about things like that, that one chunk of nugget could be your million-dollar thing. You know what I mean? But it might have taken you, it could could have taken you God knows how long to come up with that nugget along with talking to other people because it's not formed yet, right? But brainstorming is key to really, you know, planning for business. Business strategy is all based on brainstorming in a lot of ways, you know, because your business is a little different than my business, and my business might be different than somebody else's business. And even though the idea that they're in business is the same, the target market's going to be different, the wording that we're going to be used, what mm-hmm. people are drawn to, you know, who's attracted to what, it's going to all be different. So, you know, when you brainstorm out an idea, you might only even come up with that, in, that, that little tiny idea that, but then you have to expand upon it, right? So mm-hmm. now it's like you have this idea, what are you going to do with it? So now you're going through more brainstorming. And that's really how I think, that's how I believe a lot of things are born, you know, is through brainstorming. That's right. Because our passion is ignited. Most people don't know what true passion is. It's those people that are like, 
always on fire, having great ideas. Everybody can get there. That's one of the things that um, I teach in the uh, mindset and that kind of work, which we also do in business. And it's about being in that space of excitement, whether you get there through music, meditation, whatever. Remember, last week you were shooting a video and you could not get the video. And so I said, Bonnie, stop, put on your music. And it wasn't even the whole song you were listening to before you hit that sweet spot and you you recorded that video so fast, so smooth, so upbeat, it was beautiful. So it's about getting right. out of the place, yeah, getting out of the place where you think that you are and back into a higher level or a vi- higher vibration, whatever you want to call it, more excitement, uh, more passion. You know, there's there's many different words for it. But getting yourself hyped up, happy, in the mood, whatever you want to call it, is where you need to be. And really, again, this is where we need to be in life, guys, because life is worth being excited about. Otherwise, it's really a drag and we're here once, right? Whether you believe in incarnation again or what, this is your time here. So make it count, make it valuable, and make it stimulating. I mean, literally, we are more masters than we even believe ourselves to be. So when you step over that bridge onto the side where you understand your own strength and your own power, you'll you'll create amazing things. I love how Bonnie said that the brainstorming can take a while. And that's the beautiful part. It's about it's like building a puzzle together. Each piece builds upon each other. Each piece is a foundation of what might come out that's glorious. There will be something at the end of that rainbow when you get through, but it takes time to be in that space. Absolutely. Oh, no question about that. No question. And you know what? When you're happy, it shows. And when you're happy, clients are drawn to you too. So, you know, it. and when you're excited, that's what draws clients in too. Like, you know, if I, if I said, oh, I'm a money mentor. Uh, I mean, would you be drawn to that? Heck no. But if I was like, yes, I'm a money mentor, and I help people keep more of the money they make, get better better business write-offs, you know, and really benefit more from their business spending, that's so much more enticing than, oh, I'm a money Mm -hmm. mentor. It's like, oh, my God, give me a break. Right, right. Seriously, so it's scary, you know what I mean? Like, and I know, look, it's scary. All of this stuff is kind of scary. When you get in business, it's a scary thing because here's the thing. We don't know what we don't know, and we don't know what we're really getting ourselves into. That's the truth, especially if it's your first business. Right, and that's the way it is with anything. Normally, if we knew exactly what we'd be getting in for, people are like, "Uh, no way, sorry. Not for me. But as you well, work it with excitement, it, it, it motivates you, it thrills you, it expands you. Well, and here's where the passion about what you do is so important, okay? Because if you can come to the table and be excited about, you know, the business that you're in, if, you know, when you're at events, you know, people see you in a good mental space, a good physical space, you know, you're connecting with people, you're talking to people, you seem intelligent. That's what draws people into you. So when you're really in your business, you know, uh, let's see, I'm going to call it like in your business boss mode, not Mm -hmm. about being bossy, 
but about the one who's in charge. So when you're mm-hmm. in charge in your business and you're talking to people, it shows. There's a certain level of confidence that you have when you talk about your business. You should be the one that can explain things the best because, you know, you are the one who knows your stuff so well. Nobody knows it like you. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so funny because there are a lot of money. Well, there are some money coaches, but they all, everybody coaches on different things. Most people talk about money mindsets. Money mindset is highly, highly important. That's one part of the money part piece that I teach. But the most important part that I teach is running the back end of your business, which is very different than just the money mindset. In fact, the money mindset is great for the business owner. Running the back end of your business is also important for the business owner, but along with the people working in your business, too, who are working in that. Because a lot of times what ends up happening is, like, the business owner might have a bookkeeper, as an example, and the bookkeeper is doing the work. But if the bookkeeper doesn't really know what they're doing or they're not really talking to the business owner, they're not really going over the reporting with them, then they're just literally entering the data, and that's not really helping the business owner except for the fact that when he needs to go do his taxes, that information will be ready. But it's not helping him run his business. So if you need to find, like, a lot of times businesses are not being run as effectively as they could be because there are things being spent, there's money being spent on things that are not really doing anything for the business. They're not maintaining the business, and they're not helping the business grow. So I'm going to give you an example of this because – You know, it's so interesting for me because I always hear entrepreneurs say to me, oh, well, it's a write-off. You know, this is like the famous line. It's a write-off. It's a write-off. Okay. So, yes, you can write off so many different kinds of things in your business. But if you're writing off things that are not maintaining or growing your business, you're actually wasting money in your business unless you're benefiting from them in some way. So if you're not personally benefiting from those expenses in some way and your business is not being maintained or grown in some way by those expenses, then those expenses need to be cut out because they shouldn't be being paid for by your business. And, And this is the whole thing is that if the owner is not looking at the details of the numbers, They don't necessarily know what they're really paying for in their business. They don't really know if they're wasting money. They might be be paying for – I'm going to give you an example of one of my clients, okay, who he offers health insurance to his clients. He pays $12,000 a year for his employees' health insurance. And probably – 20% of the people that have that health insurance use it. And the others do not use it at all. So is it really valuable that he's spending all that money on the health insurance? And should everybody really be on the health insurance that is if they're not using it? So, you know, this is preventative care. So, you know, are you going to get your checkup every year? So what I'm saying is, If we sat there and analyzed that, I actually have had discussions with him about it that, you know, maybe this is something that we should either have the employees pay a portion of or 
cut out and maybe only offer to the management because it just seems like the employees themselves don't use it. Mm. So that's an example of, you know, because we're going through the numbers and we're talking about things, his ability to make a different choice or a different decision that will affect his bottom line in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting because um, I've been going over things that I've had in my business. You know, we buy stuff, we sign up for another service, and it could be very similar to something else. And so I've been looking recently at what I have that runs my business and what I don't need and where I need to grow in another area. So it really is important to to evaluate that. And health insurance, that's a really generous uh, thing that he has because it's really important. Now, I don't know about the laws, you know, every, well, everybody's supposed to have their own health insurance, you know, supposedly in this country. And we don't get it from our government per se, like other countries. So it's very generous that this uh, business has it. Um, interesting that people aren't using it, you know, and mm-hmm. and so I guess that you have to realize that they're probably from, you know, a different, um, uh, not economic, but a, you know, a cultural background that they just don't do that. So it's, it's very, very, that's very interesting that you brought that up. I'm a little well, bit. Well, yeah, every, I mean, everybody that works there is Hispanic. You know, and the management uses it, but, and they're Hispanic too, but the, you know, the non-management doesn't use it. And so, you know, that's why I was like, you know, this is a big expense every month. Mm-hmm. It is. That maybe we should change. He is not required to offer that to his employees. And mm-hmm. even if he does offer it, he's not required to pay the whole thing. So mm-hmm. even if he had them paying 50%, that would cut his cost 50%. And probably if that happened, most of the people that don't use it would probably get rid of it. So what what I was saying in the first place was it was a waste of money to begin with because they're not Mm -hmm. utilizing it. Mm -hmm. And they would cancel it. Those are the people that would cancel it. So then he would only be paying for the people who really are using it. Right, right. Which would be fabulous. Right, which would be fabulous and save a lot of money, yeah. Exactly. So, that's you know, a, so a, it's important to check on this stuff. Not only that, I right. mean, I don't know about you, Mia, but I can tell you that I've signed up to so many things that, like, take money out of my account every month, you know, like a, a like dues and subscriptions things, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I have to kind of, like, go back and look at all those things and see if I really need all those things anymore because... Right. Mia and I found an incredible all-in-one platform that we're now using, and we're switching everything over to so that we can eliminate a lot of these other extra services that we've been paying for separately. So, you know, as I learn more, I see that, you know, I there are other things that, you know, I thought I needed and I don't need them anymore, and now I can discontinue those things. So just kind of going through everything in your business on a regular basis to see what, you know, what you need, what you don't need anymore, it's all good. You know, I think it's a good thing to do, and I think it's something that we can do regularly, and it's something that keeps us in touch with our business, like what's really going on in our business, too. It's like, and that way we're not wasting money that, we, that, that we're not benefiting from, right? Right. 
And those things that are in our business are real things. And what ends up happening is you end up keeping a lot more money that you made by doing this because now instead of paying for those things that were useless, and it's so funny because people are like, oh, it's only $9.99 a month, right? But then they have like 10 or 15 different things like that that are $9.99 a month, you know? (laughs) So then all of a sudden, you know, it's like $100 a month. (laughs) <laughs> right. And then mm-hmm. it's, and then, you know, and then pretty much pretty soon you've added on more things. So it's like, you know, 200 bucks a month. So it's really right. not the nine ninety nine a month that we're talking about. It's about a collective of all of the things that you're signing up for and you're not utilizing and you're paying for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's so interesting. You know, I just heard when in, in my head, when you were saying that empty money, meaning that it's going nowhere. If we're not utilizing the services, why do we need them? Do they really make us feel better, you know, to have them? Do we have to think about it in order to get rid of it? You know, it's, it's there's a psychology around everything, right? And mm-hmm. especially around and especially around money, you know. Sometimes I think, oh, well, I'll just have that in case I need it. Well, gosh, in case you need it, then re-get it. You know what I mean? Let it go now and get it when you need it. So it literally is about examining or being thoughtful with all the things that you have. And that's one reason why understanding your back end is so important because, and putting them up on charts and graphs and things like that so that you can, or bookkeeping so that you have a better accounting of your stuff, of all your stuff, of everything that goes out, have a, have a chart um, either on your external hard drive or inside your Google drive or something where you can keep your um, chartings of, you know, what you're paying out, when they go out, all that kind of stuff, who you're working with, all their salaries, everything, everything. And this is being said by the person that's not the money person. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Let's let's throw them a few tips on ways in which different ways of marketing. Let's add some spice in here. So we all want better marketing to be seen. A lot of times we can – produce sales through marketing. That's the purpose of it. So we were uh, chatting earlier, and blogs are so important. Writing articles for other people regarding your work is very important. You can get in uh, some certain magazines. Some cost to, to join in order to have your stuff uploaded, and some don't. There's blogs online that you can join. Um, there's people that have blogs that it's just their sites or resource sites sites. There's all sorts of stuff. Um, And then we talked a lot about the emails here, how important it is, because that's what brings people in. And Bonnie talks about the memes, because Bonnie is a meme girl, and we all love (laughs) memes in social media. We all stop (laughs) to read all the memes and what they say and what they look like, so those are important. Your social media is highly important. It's not just about the memes, but they are cute and they are great. You know, there's quotes that you can even just put up if you can't, if you feel like, oh, I can't do memes right now. Fine, write something that has substance to it and post that for people or direct them back to one of your free opt-ins, which is another thing we wanted to talk in, talk about that, you know, you can advertise who you are in a conversational tone, in a storytelling form and offer something, you know, you don't want to offer Um, dog treats if you're a dog baker and you're talking about, you know, cutting flowers. 
So make sure that you're talking about your business and how it supports others, whether you're telling a story, which is always connective to people, but you could even offer um, something at the end. Um, and those of you who are wanting to go on radio shows and other um, video shows and things like that, make sure that, you know, you ask your host if you can offer something because that mm. way people are going to sign up for you. So that's another way to get people in. Videos. We love videos. Um, Bonnie and I just have fallen in love with um, the whole idea. We're not afraid of being on camera and, and et cetera. <laughs> so videos. Videos are so important. Um, I'm not sure if I shared it on this show before, but um, in year 14 and 15, 70% of my income came from my YouTube channel. And that was simply by people seeing me talk and interview other people. They went to go find them when they were Googling and they found me. And I have more emails that say, I love your work. You know, it was very, very um, powerful. And we just haven't tracked it for uh, uh, 16 and 17 yet. So videos are very powerful. Webinars. Yep. Webinars. Get out there and talk. They're like modern day lectures, you know, more or less. You're instead of having to fill a um a stage and an arena or a theater or an auditorium of some kind, you know, or even your soapbox on the street, whatever it is, this is a great way to get people into seeing how you work, sharing what you're all about. You can either have just talks or you can use them as self uh sale. Um, funnels where you're funneling through at the end of the webinar something that's for sale, you know, a program, a book, whatever it is. Those are very, uh, people love those. But remember, make it more about the talks than the sales because then people are going to get to know that you're just about trying to sell your stuff and not giving them the value and they won't come back. So those are important. Exactly. Um, then funnels are really great. We talked about the opt-in with the funnel or the webinar with funnels. So funnels are uh, just kind of how it sounds. It starts out big and then it goes down small. So you're filtering through and you're putting um, things in front of people, opportunities to sign up for, um, you know, a free class or a paid book or something, however you want to funnel it down. There's different ways. And it's funny because last year, um, when I started my uh, group coaching for that year, which is going to be starting soon, um, what was really interesting was <laughs> everybody what? wanted to know about funnels. <laughs> they were just like, funnels, funnels. And I'm like, look, you don't even have your business set up. You can't do a funnel yet. So um, it's, it's, it's really funny how people get certain things in their head in the business world that they want to know. So you know, just it touched my heart with sweetness that, you know, they were so excited about the funnels that they didn't, you know, they overlooked that they didn't have their website up, that they didn't have a, a presence, that they didn't have their program structured out or what even to put through the funnel. They just wanted the funnels. So I have to giggle. I think it's sweet. So remember, yeah, oh these are things, different ways of marketing that can uh, expand you forward. And, and also... Um, there's been a huge shift in our online industry. Uh, these they used to have on the online world for different things, not just the spiritual holistic side. It could be for farming, it could be for food, it can be for anything. But series or summits, summits per se, those mm -hmm. are going out of style because they've been for the most part saturated. So always be aware of what's coming up around the corner or create stuff. Many many times. I have felt like, and proudly so, that I've done something that others were not doing that actually, you know, that actually was successful. That sounded funny. 
um, I could see it working in a different in a different way. And so, um, you know, I would create it that, you know, the way in which I saw it and it would work and it was great. So don't be afraid to try something new. Be creative. If you're getting that feeling, it's important. Okay, Bon, we're out of time. Would you like to say some anything to the audience before we say goodbye? Well, I think, you know, the I think that based on what we've covered today, the idea of, you know, the reality of a four-hour work week is not really the reality. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, right. but, I mean, I think that, you know, when you, when you think about all the things that we covered today and the things, you know, and the time that it takes, and we, this was just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we didn't even mention – it's impossible to even mention everything in a one-hour show. But if you think about it, working four hours a week, if you're working full-time and, you know, if, uh, if you're making – if you're running businesses or you own businesses and, you're, and they're very successful, working four hours a week, mm, I don't think it's really mm-hmm. doable. I don't know. What do you think, right. Mia? No, it's not. And with that, we want to thank everybody for joining us. We know that there's other shows that you can listen to, and we're very grateful that you listen to uh, Business and Money Mentors. We'll see you next week. Thank you.